Welcome to The Good Mood Show with Matt O'Neill. This is the show to help you navigate the challenging moods we all experience as human beings and where you will learn the best strategies to feel the good moods and good vibes we all love to feel. Because when you feel like your best self, you are your best self. This is The Good Mood Show. Now, here's your host, Matt O'Neill. Welcome to The Good Mood Show. I'm your host, Matt O'Neill. Be sure to hit subscribe so you get a good mood every single week. Today, we are talking with Miriam Zilberglate. We also go, who also goes by Dr. Z, and she wrote an incredible book. It's the 3G cycle of life. Miriam, welcome to the Good Mood Show. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> well, you've written just a, a really heartfelt book, um, and and it, and it really has a lot of meaning. You know, and today what we're going to be talking about is this 3G cycle: goals, grit, and growth. And, and how you can become empowered and take responsibility for making your life a life that you actually want to live. And be sure to stick around to the end because Miriam has an exercise, which is a way to discover if your professional life and your personal life are in alignment. Because if they're not, usually we're in suffering. Um, she also has a free resource for you. Um, we're going to be giving you the first two chapters of her book, which outline the 3G cycle and her previous cycles of experience before she discovered how to implement this in her life. You can just go to goodmoodshow.com, sign up for our newsletter. You'll get that as an instant download or reach out on our contact page and we will send it to you. Uh, Miriam is a wife, a mother, a daughter, a physician, an educator, a well-being advocate, and a published author. And it is wow. such an honor to, yeah, wow. It's a lot. Tri- yeah, triple, <laughs> triple board certified physician of internal medicine, uh, geriatrics and obesity medicine with extensive clinical and academic experience, academic experience. Miriam, but, but your book starts out with such a heart touching story. Would you mind taking us through seeing your parents for the first time since the pandemic and what that was like? Uh, it was, I am from Peru, so my parents are still in Peru and I moved to the U.S. just 11 years ago. Um, my parents decided to stay there, so we have been having this relationship, uh, long distance relationship, and we fly back and forth, but suddenly COVID came and we were separated for two years. And we were talking and, you know, and, and using the, the videos to to keep more or less the, the communication. But the truth is that I was so busy with life and, and, and with life during COVID as a physician and my kids and my, my own life, my, my own issues, um, that... I was there, but I was not there. I was in the video and I was not paying attention and I was saying, hello, hello. And, and, but aren't, and aren't we, and- so much of us are like that. I'm, I'm like that with my own kids. I'm there sometimes, but not there. Even if the yeah, phone's yeah. not in my hand or I'm not at my computer typing, 
sometimes my mind isn't there and I'm not fully engaged. So I, and I think anyone listening right now can relate to that. We are not present, right? We are physically there, but emotionally and mentally, we are not, which is a big problem, not being present. And, and life, you know, will will let you know at some point that, that this is not the best way to, to communicate with those that you love and to engage with those that you love. So when finally COVID calmed down and I was able to go back to Peru and visit my parents, um, my, my dad was amazing and looking excellent. Uh, but my mom was in a sofa and she, she didn't recognize me. At that point, I realized that something was really wrong. I thought when my mom was short during the communication, some video that maybe she was depressed or that she was not happy to do this in this way. I, I never really, uh, I never put the effort or, or I was not present enough maybe to, to catch up on the little red flags here and there. And my dad tried to protect me and my sister. She decided to just don't share. Uh, but yeah, I really, the last time that I saw my mom and that I was able to, to communicate with my mom for real, my, my real mom, the mom that I know was before COVID. Yesterday, I had the launch of my book uh, and I ended with tears in my la- my eyes because my mom will never know that I, I published a book or that the book was motivated in big part by, by her story. Thank you for sharing. And I know that's so hard. Yes. <laughs> and but you, you you had said you had shared with me that your relationship with your mom was really a great one. Yeah, I mean, I remember my mom supporting me and everything. <laughs> I, I didn't know how to drive initially. I, I took extra time to learn. I, I was more focused on medicine than in driving. And my mom will be driving me back and forth and, you know, helping me. And my house during medical school was the house of my friends. Like it was a hotel. Everybody will come and they will sleep in my house and in the sofas and the food of the will be, the refrigerator will be full of food for my friends. My parents were the parents of my friends. So they really supported me tremendously. So now I, I really miss that. It's, it's very interesting because I am an adult. I have two kids, right? And you will think that at my age, I should be super independent. Uh, I miss my mom. I really miss her. Yeah. And when you have such a, a, a heart-wrenching time like this, there can be some you know, there can be some things that we start to notice about the other people that are in our life because here you have two kids yeah, and, and your husband and your dad and your mom's still here, just not in the way yeah. that she was. What, what have been some of the awakenings for you that, that maybe you've started to learn about presence with the people that are here? That I have been failing others and sadly I have been failing myself because the way that I was living my life and acting was not really aligned with who I am, with my values and with the education that I received from my parents or the education that I want to provide to my kids and and the example that I want to provide to my kids is I feel embarrassed many times when I am and and sadly I, I still 
keep doing certain of these things. It's not that I am fixed, right? No, that's not true. I am still in the process of learning and trying to adapt and, and find a way that, you know, to be able to be the person that I want, the professional I want, the mother that I want, etc. Um, and sometimes I do it great. And sometimes I am like, so much <laughs> space for improvement here. Yeah. Uh, but I feel embarrassed when my kids come and they ask me, like, and, and my kid in the book, you will find the story of my kid throwing my phone to the garbage and asking me, why do I have a kid? Why do I brought him to... Did I bring him to the world if I have a cell phone? I, I don't need a kid. I have a cell phone now. And, and, and you feel very embarrassed when a seven or six-year-old boy um, reminds you. Wait a minute. Your son at six years old took your phone and threw it in the garbage. Oh, my gosh. He's, He's, he, oh, he's my hero. <laughs> <laughs> what a bold little boy. This sign in his door with a kind of a cell phone, whatever he thinks that is a cell phone, right? And and cross like cell phones are not allowed in his room. Oh man! <laughs> but usually it's the parents that are saying that to the kids. Hey, no technology, kids! I want to hang out with you. This is the kids saying it to you that hey, no technology, mom. I actually want you. Hey, if you love to stay in good moods as much as I do, be sure to hit the subscribe button on the Good Mood Show podcast. That way we could get you a good mood every single week. And look, if you know someone else that could use a good mood, share the show with them. Send them a text message. Let them know about the Good Mood Show and let's brighten up the world. Have you been on an airplane before when the flight attendant is saying, hey, in case of emergency, Oxygen masks will release from the ceiling. And when the oxygen masks come down, make sure that you turn and put the mask on everyone else before yourself. Do they say that? No, but let me tell you something. And this is a confession. Every time that they say put yourself and then your kid, I am thinking, or someone else, I am thinking that if in reality this happens, I, I, I believe that my reaction will be like put it on my kids and then me. Like it will be wrong, but I have the feeling. Miriam, this is what we're talking about. No, they are saying that because it saves lives. We have to put the oxygen mask on ourselves so that we have enough energy and power to help everyone else. And I agree with you. And that's a big problem that we have been so confused and we have been, again, uh, I don't know, they, 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 they really program us to do certain things that go against our well-being. I mean, we, we became autodestructive machines in order to perform in the way that we satisfy others. Our boss, our friends, our clients, our, I don't know, uh, audience, our kids. So when, where are you? Who are you? Think about the last time that you recognize yourself in front of the mirror and, and, and you are doing really what you want <laughs> without nobody else being involved with you. If Sometimes it gets hard. You, you discover that 
now you you don't see yourself so clear and then you kind of like a chameleon you started to get a few colors from <laughs> different people and different circumstances and you are blending into life uh, and I'm okay with that but boundaries yeah where is the limit where the blending is dangerous for myself well, one of the things that I, that has really helped me with this, and and of course, I'm a wonderful martyr. I will <laughs> I will run through walls and physically exhaust myself for what I think is the greater good. And, uh, <laughs> and but somebody told me that when I do that, when my light goes out, when I allow my light to go out, I am officially out of service. I have no more light to give anyone. Yeah. And so this self-care and these boundaries are the way to serve others. That was a that was like a light bulb that went on for me of like, okay, the way I help the world the best, the way I help my children and my wife and the clients and the people that, that, that count on me, the way I help them is by filling myself up and putting my oxygen mask on so that I have the light to give them. Otherwise, if yeah. I if I just run into the wall, I'm no good to them. I can't help anymore. I might snap. I might snap at them or yell at them, or um, then be so engaged in my work that I'm not actually present because I feel like I've put too much on my plate and I can't handle it all. And then I get like all this stress. And then sometimes I just totally shut down because there's too much on me, and I just have to go like desensitize and and zone out and I can't do anything. So how do we set these boundaries? How did you learn to set boundaries? So I have to admit that probably I have been guilty of not knowing even what boundaries are. So I, I have been there. So if, if someone here is feeling like that, uh, yes, I know the feeling. Uh, majority of us that we don't belief on boundaries or we don't set boundaries is because we want to satisfy others and because we are afraid of being considered mean or unfair. We we, we just live for others, um, which we explain already is a problem. But I learned this from someone that I interviewed for, for the book, another physician actually and a mother, and, and she gave me a couple of very good advices. And, and one is you need to understand that boundaries are not for others, are not related to others, and are not to satisfy or help others. The only reason why you set boundaries is to protect yourself. And you need to set that in a very clear way. You need to understand that and, 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 and put it inside of your brain and your heart. This is to protect myself. And this is probably the, the first act of self-care that you will be doing in, in, in the process of transformation. Uh, and the second thing that she mentioned, uh, and I love it uh, because as a physician, I, I like the idea of practicing, right? The, the role play. Uh, I, I like to do that with my students. So role play, how this will look. <laughs> Prepare for the worst scenario, right? Hey, let's and, let's try it. It it it's two okay. it's two letters. No. No, but but no can have different responses, right? So you I can say 
to you, no, I, I will not go to, to your podcast. And you will be like, okay, I respect Miriam. I understand that you are busy. I can say no to you. And you can be like, you can come with a knife and try to kill me also, right? I don't know. Yeah. No, of course. It, you know, but that's, that's what's, that's the thing is that we, we're, you know, we're hard. I think that we're wired to be people pleasers and then we're raised to be people pleasers. Our, our education system, definitely we're supposed to please the teacher to get the grade. And then we're given all the praise when we get the grade. So in sacrificing ourselves and in that environment is actually rewarded. So we're kind of like brainwashed into this and then we want to please our friends and be in the end click. And we don't want to, you know, lose a friendship because that was super painful. I'm sure we all had experiences like that. So we just start saying yes to everything. And I, for me, I started to set boundaries by learning that it was okay to say no. And some people's feelings get hurt, especially when you've always said yes. And, uh, this was another thing that helped me with no, uh, when I say yes to something, I say no to everything else. So if I'm all, if I'm always saying yes, then that means I'm saying no to everything. And so who, who am I saying no to? I'm saying no to my wife and kids. If I say yes to something else at work, I'm saying no to all my friends. If I'm saying yes to, to this one obligation to this person I didn't really want to hang out with, and yet I can't get to the people I do want to hang out with because I keep saying yes to everything that's requested of me. So I, I started to get pretty ruthless with no and um, really started to just like say no to everything that wasn't in my top three. And my top three uh, is my connection with God, my wife, and my children. And I just, I set my priorities and I said, Hey, these are the most, these are one, two, and three. If, if something is going to interfere with these three, then it's a no. Now I, of course I have a career, right. And I have people that count on me at the career and I love to have conversations with you and uh, great thought leaders. And so these are competing priorities. Also friendships are important. Um, but I, I will not compromise my top three. And that was one way that I was able to say no, because I started to watch like you did, that saying yes to everything was hurting my kids. Yes, and it's important to get ready for that moment, right? It's important to emotional, if, if you're a, a very emotional person, when you do this role play, and when you, you think about, okay, what are the options, the worst scenarios? And you have a plan B for those, right? And you, if you acknowledge that, okay, I will have a negative answer from that person and I can deal with that and I will be okay. So you are prepared for that. You will have a, an impact that will be uh, no so, um, you know, uh, strong in, in your life and in the rest of your day. Because what happens if you say no, someone comes with a very bad face in front of you and tell you how mean you are, and you're affected by the rest of the day, asking yourself, really? Is maybe, maybe I was supposed to say yes. Maybe I am a mean person. Maybe I am so selfish. And, and the idea is not, is to Train your brain again. We need to reset ourselves. We were educated in a way that maybe was wonderful at some point, but that right now is not applicable to real life or to the real life that we are, you know, uh, in front on uh, in a daily basis. And we need to train ourselves 
to say no, absolutely agree, or to say no yet, right? No now, uh, because it's not always no, it's, it's no at this moment, and, and you are not necessarily closing a door for forever. And I believe that something that you mentioned is so important, right? You, you, you talk about your priorities. I, instead of, of mentioning priorities, I use values. Does this align with my values? Are my values involved time with my family, right? My, my, my kids, my loved ones, or being ethic or, or, um, not harming people or, or respecting myself. So select these values or priorities and use them as parameter and, and comparing your, your plans for the day, let's say, or your schedule, right? Against your values. Does this fit my values? Does this fit my plan of life? My, my priorities. And uh, so just uh, just last night, I get an email from uh, a dear friend, uh, Marianne Williamson, it, and she's one of my favorite authors. And she she came on the uh, the Good Mood Show, and and she's just she she's an incredible human being. And the email is Matt. Would you? I'm coming into Charleston, and I'd love for you to throw a party for me because I'm running for president of the United States. And I'm like, oh man, you know, I've got four kids. <laughs> there are uh, 80 people that work for me in my real estate company. And I, I love the Good Mood Show. And that takes a, a lot of energy because this is what I'm passionate about. And uh, I've written my book and I'm working with my editors and my book launch program like you. You know how busy all these things are. And I'm like, Oh, and I'm like, oh, and then throw a party to be president, right? And um, and, and but and so these are these like competing priorities, and sometimes, uh, so I, you know, I I said to Katie, I said, Katie, we're gonna, we've been invited to throw a party for Marianne, and she, she had the same thought of we're very full right now. <laughs> It, so there's also this piece of sometimes uh, God, the universe, a higher power brings us an opportunity that initially we feel like saying no to or we don't have time for. And that also if we lean into it and say yes, that blessings can follow. Yes. So so it, so this is an interesting question. How do you discern which opportunity is actually like one that you're supposed to lean into, even though it's going to be a heavy lift? And we we said yes, of course, that because I'm going to support Marianne in, in anything she's doing. She's out there changing the world, ending child hunger, um, really leading with from a place of the heart, which is lacking in in politics, I think. But um, so I'm going to support her in that mission because it's helping the world. But how do you say, how do you figure out what to say yes to versus you what to say no yourself. to? You absolutely answer yourself. You focus on your values, right? You, it's not necessarily, I will get tired with this or do I have enough time, which is very important, right? But when you talk about, and I will use the, the, as an example what happened with physicians, right? When you see a doctor that stays or a nurse that stays for hours and hours and hours in the hospital and is saving really the life of someone and, and you see that the result is someone that goes back home with their families, right? And, and they are now talking and being alive. Uh, and you, you, you go back on time and you see, oh, I was there for 
hours. I didn't sleep. I didn't eat. I like the right for real. Uh, and you don't feel tired. You feel this amazing excitement inside of you because you were fulfilling your purpose, mm. right? You were aligned with your values. This was correct for you. So I feel like it's the same. It's, is this plan a crazy plan? Yes, maybe it doesn't fit perfectly in my schedule, but it's something that will make me feel proud of myself, that will create a positive impact in the life of others and mine, that, that I will be, you know, tired by, but happy at the same time. Is this my purpose? And, and I feel like if you align things to your purpose, to your values, Yes, sometimes you will have to do some sacrifice in your schedule and you will have to think about, okay, what, what I have to cut that week or these two weeks, right? And, and maybe there is something that you could put on, on the side. I will watch less TV <laughs> or whatever it is. But this is a special. This is something that, you know, I cannot miss. And I always go... I, I use this as a, my, my parameter, right? My thermometer. But when I can go to, to bed at, at the end of the day, um, I have to think about what did I miss with a patient? Why I didn't order this? Why I didn't call that person? Why? And, and those questions that torture me because I didn't do something. Those are my, my red flags that I, you know, I didn't put the effort. But if you can go to bed and say, yes, I will be tired. But this is awesome. <laughs> so I feel like there's a big difference on that, right? And and we function based on our hormones that keep us alert and happy and full of energy, right? Uh, and and they can they have this feedback, right? And and and, and you receive the positive or negative feedback based on the reactions and, and based on your environment. And when you have happiness, feeling, and you feel energetic and, and you feel powerful. So I, I believe that we should never say no to something that will make us happy and proud of ourselves. Oh, that's beautiful. And thank you. So eloquently put in, uh, <laughs> Because I get a lot of requests. I, I have uh, so many requests to be on the Good Mood Show that I have to um, say no a lot. And a lot of people have a wonderful story to share. And yet I can't have them all on. And I get a lot of requests for supporting charities. Like, hey, support this charity. We could really use you here. And, uh, and I know that they would make a positive impact, but I have to say no as well, because I only have so much time and so much resources to help. Uh, and I, I had kind of struggled with how do I know the difference? And I think you just really, you just really nailed it. If it's going to make you happy in your heart, and if you're going to feel really proud of yourself for the work or effort or contribution that you made, then it's a yes. I, it, it has me think of, I don't know who said it, but they said they think of themselves doing this thing. And if in their whole body, they can feel their whole body saying yes, it's a whole body yes, then they say yes. And I, I think that's kind of like feeling with our heart. So, you know, sometimes I think we could put our hand on our heart as we think of the future of saying yes to this thing and see how does our heart feel. Some, and, it, and for me, that's like my guide 
if my heart feels tight or it does feel like too much of a lift or it feels like I would self-sacrifice and that I really wouldn't enjoy it because I'd have just no energy left or no time left or it would interfere with my family, then I got to say no. There's nothing wrong about saying no or no yet. And and we have to learn that. I mean, we we need to respect ourselves because think about saying yes against your will. What are you doing? You are disrespecting yourself. You are you are just saying uh, <laughs> loud. I don't believe in your gut feeling. I don't believe in your values. I don't believe in your intelligence. Uh, I don't trust your opinion. So therefore, against your will, I force you to do something that will affect you instead of giving you something positive. That's what we are telling to ourselves every set time that we say yes to something that we don't want. Mm. So we just have to slow down a little bit. I, 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 I was a people pleaser. I still am. I am a recovering people pleaser. I'll always be a people pleaser. Uh, it's kind of like uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. You, you never actually recover. You're always recovering from people pleasing. And, um, it, and I have learned just in the last few years to not say yes immediately. I'll get a request. And instead of like just getting that request off my plate, I say, I need to take some time to think about this. And that's that ability to take some space. Sometimes I pray about it. I say, Hey, guide me. Uh, And I ask God for guidance and, and Hey, give me some clarity. And sometimes the clarity doesn't come for days. And that's okay too, because the power of thoughts, right? Uh, It's so important That, that gives you time to remove a little the adrenaline and the dopamine that we receive when, when we have an offer that is, you know, like you have this big chocolate in front of you, everything gets activated and you want to say yes and you want to eat it completely, of course. But this is not you, your brain, your prefrontal love thinking. Uh, our prefrontal love that is the smart part of our brain, the one that can't really take educated decisions takes a little longer in processing. Our amygdala, that is the one that reacts, right? And uh, is more primitive and is the one that acts like this. So we need to give our prefrontal love, this part of our brain that is not developed till we are 21 years old. And that's why kids act different than adults. Uh, some time to process things. And, and again, to, to compare the situation with our reality, not it's always about what you want. It's about what is appropriate for you, for your moment, for your reality. And again, saying no is, is, is not wrong. Um, and especially when it's, not now or because you are opening the doors to collaborate with that individual in another moment under different circumstances when this sounds appropriate. So at this point, no, but or yet we could do this in the future under our circumstances. And I believe that, that that's easier to to manage. We can make this, you know, less less aggressive and less blunt and, and make it a little more polite, uh, if that makes us feel better. Um, but it's a sub process and, and this and what you're saying, you are in recovery. I don't know if I want to stop being a pleaser or a giver. Let me tell you, I believe that that's who I am and that's inside of my heart. And and I don't feel ashamed of being a giver. Uh, 
I, I just need to be a, a smart giver. I need to be an a smart, uh, more than an, an a smart, I, I need to be a, a intelligent, emotional intelligent giver. Mm-hmm. I need to know how to give, how much to give, to who to give, and when to stop giving. But I love giving. It makes me happy. I always say that that gives me it's my vitamin for my soul. It's yeah. When you give and you see and a smile in the face of someone, I mean, what can be more rewarding than that? And, and 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 I need it. It's, it's, it's very selfish. It makes me happy. <laughs> so I don't want to stop Only being to your happy. point. Yeah. So maybe, maybe, and I like what you said, of course, service is a massive part of what is fulfilling for me. That's what this whole show is, is service. It, it's just, let's give from a full cup. I know that, that you have got so many more pieces of wisdom on this uh, I, I loved the idea of the levels of consciousness that you talked about, conscious competence and unconscious competence, and then that being a signal of when to grow. Can you can you get into that on on that different will, levels of competence? Yeah, I will use an example. Uh, I, I love that in a different way, and I will use this, this example that is more simple. Uh, when I when I was going to residency. Uh, when you are a resident, you are already a doctor, right? Uh, but you are in the process of learning an specialty. And you have your attending that is the specialist and knows much better than you. And you have these residents that come to you and because there are four types of residents. Uh, so you have this resident that comes to you and is absolutely clueless. Zero idea. It's like he has no way to find the restroom in that hospital. But he knows that. So you as an attendant, you have to worry about, you know, how much it will take for me to teach him. But you know that the patient is safe because he is so terrified to doing anything because he feels so clueless that he will not kill anybody. He will ask for absolutely everything, right? So that is very conscious about his lack of awareness. You have in the other stream, this one that is a genius. This guy already read like all the guidelines is like at the level of an attending is, you know, has this very uh, moderated ego. He knows what he knows and he's confident and you love him. He will do the job. You, you can go to vacations and he will take care of patients and you love him. Then you have one that is very smart and has a lot of, you know, skills and as smart as the other, but has this lack of confidence and is very shy and, and needs to get rich, needs to make sure that, uh, be sure that he knows. And and he is aware of, of, of the things that he knows. He hasn't had the courage to go for it yet. He will be calling you, but you are safe. And then you have the one that you don't want to have is that resident that is clueless, but also is clueless about being clueless. So has zero self-awareness, right? And is absolutely unconscious and, and, and he, 
he is the one that is dangerous because that's a person that in a leadership position or being a, a doctor or, 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 you know, transmitting, sharing information to others will say things that are not correct, that are not accurate, and will have no idea that he's not accurate and will have no idea about the consequences that his actions or her actions have and will put himself and others on risk. So we want to be able to have the skills and have the intelligence, the IQ, right? But we want to have also the self-awareness so we know where we are. We know we recognize our areas of improvement, our gaps, and we can create a safe environment around ourselves and and, and for, for ourselves too. And this is the easy explanation of these levels of consciousness and unconsciousness and awareness. Miriam, this is, you're so enjoyable. The conversation <laughs> is so you. enjoyable. You and, you, and you've got so much wisdom. Um, I'm excited to share the first uh, few chapters of your book, this 3G cycle. Again, if you want those first few chapters, it's our free gift to you this week. Uh, Miriam has offered that. You can go to goodmoodshow.com. And uh, just sign up for the newsletter. You'll download it instantly or reach out on our contact page and we'll send you a copy. And, and Miriam, I'm sure there's people that are going to want to learn more from you. How can they get in touch with you and learn more? LinkedIn. And you will find me like Dr. C, MD. Uh, so and please, if, if you want and if you feel like, send me a message. I would love to connect. I would love to know more about you guys. I'm, I'm always learning. I, I have been very lucky to to you know meet new people uh, and to learn from them. This this has been this book has been a collective journey and, and it's the I don't know it merged so many stories and so many techniques and so many feelings and, and has been made with love and and I will I will love to you know, create this ripple effect. And if you allow me, Matt, guys, if you read the book and you find something that you love about the book, a paragraph, a sentence, a story, do me a favor, read it loud, record yourself in your phone and send it to me because I am doing small documentaries and I'm using them to create ripple effects. So it's not only you learning something from me or from the people that collaborate with me in the book, but it's you having the opportunity to do a, you know, an act of kindness for others. So and and, and helping others in the world. <laughs> You are doing it. You're brightening up the whole world. Just just your aura is brightening <laughs> up the world. But I, I have committed to you. I love your book. I'm going to send you a video of one of my favorite, most special memories from the book. And, uh, and thank you, listener, for investing your time in brightening up your mood. As you brighten up your mood, you light up the world. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Good Mood Show with Matt O'Neill. For free resources, videos, and materials about getting into your best moods, head over to thegoodmoodshow.com. And remember, when you feel like your best self, you are your best self. See you next week. Same time, same place.